0: Hey what's going on everyone, welcome back to Millennial Versus. Continuing with the special re-release of our series Gen Talk, Jessica, Jariah, and Kelly discuss the topic of cultural appropriation. Now, if you would like to catch the visual version of this episode, please head over to our YouTube channel, Millennial Versus Podcast. We hope you all enjoy this episode. Hello, my name is Jessica. I'm Jariah. I'm Kelly, and welcome to Millennial Versus Presents Gen Talk. Join us as we discuss our perspectives on cultural appropriation. Well, there was the point that it's important to call out people who are appropriating someone else's culture, but also don't take it upon yourself to assume someone else's race, because they could be white passing. I am white, obviously, but I'm Latina, so I'm ethnic. And I was in Kroger a little while ago, and like I said, I can't wash my hair every day. I have a lot of hair. I have colored bleached hair, and like, my hair is, (laughs) Mexicans don't come in this color, okay? Like, this is a lot of chemicals in my hair, and I can't wash it all the time. And so especially if I'm, you know, going to work a lot or going and working out, I'll put my hair in braids, and not like, not like cornrows. But like, I'll do, I'll do like three like French or Dutch braids and then braid them together in the back. And I was at Kroger and this white woman was like, do you not, do you not feel like you're appropriating? And I was like, appropriating what? Like a Le- Latina culture, my own culture, because Latinas have been wearing their hair in braids for centuries. Like, this is how abuela used to sit me down and braid my hair when she didn't need help on the farm, like.
1: I think there has to be like a balance because I know for me, like as a black woman, I don't always want to be the one to call people out. Like it gets so exhausting, especially like, I mean, when I was in college, I went to a PWI, like predominantly white institution, And if I were to call out all of the microaggressions, like Mm -hmm. it's exhausting anyway, so heavy. And for once I would just like someone else to be like, hey, yeah, like
2: that's not cool. And I can be like, like <laughs> that's kind of what I, yeah, like on one hand you shouldn't assume but like anytime i see like a caucasian person at least being cognizant of yeah potential mm-hmm. you know cultural appropriation i i appreciate it like laura i'm one of those people who when it comes to hair i don't personally like to see it just because like in the media a lot of times like you'll see people like kim kardashian and like other people who overly mm-hmm. accentuate like dramatically change their skin tone and like Put their box braids in. Yes, that has air, but yeah, and they mm-hmm. fetishize it. And like Polly was saying, the definition, you know, part of it is not giving them, you know, the credit that they deserve um, and not understanding where it comes from. And I think that's where we get into dangerous territory.
0: Yeah, I did. Also, as someone who is white, like I am always very aware of people that have like the white savior complex. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. how do you bridge that gap of, wanting to be an ally but not overstepping yeah, yeah it's a hard one to to try
1: to navigate because I mean and I think for me like yeah the day-to-day things are the ones that affect me the most but like I think it also depends on your platform so like something that I was thinking about like as I was hearing what you all were saying about the fetish the fetishizing mm-hmm. and Um, Not showing the appreciation to the culture is like this kind of new coined term of black fishing, Mm -hmm. um, where you have these celebrities who are darkening their skin and filling their lips and, you know, getting BBLs and all this stuff to try to look more ethnic and specifically Mm -hmm. black. Right. And, And these are things that women of color for like. Forever have been having issues with is that, you know, being hypersexualized mm-hmm. or being told that, you know, your hair doesn't look professional. Because I mean, for every interview yeah. I've ever gone to, I've worn my hair in a bun because I've been afraid to wear my hair as it is. I remember like going into an interview and be like, okay, make sure you're here, sleep back. Like I have to add extra time to do that. And yeah. then I get into the interview and it's mostly black women. I'm like, Oh, thank God. Like, <laughs> all right. Okay, cool. Feel I could have like, just, yeah. but had I known that, right. like, you know, yeah. and you don't want to have to walk around with that worry. But I do think that like celebrities, people who are, ha- who have a platform, they kind of enable people to think yes. that it's okay. Cause if Kim K's doing it, then mm-hmm. like, it must be fine. Or, you know,
2: Iggy Azalea. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> like she's cool mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So. right. <laughs> <laughs> Up until 2018 news anchors couldn't have braids it was on
0: exactly so yeah definitely yeah. yeah
2: i was raised in japan for a good bit of my life and i was able to see just how different cultures come together and celebrate each other and so i think on the appreciation end um, we've even had like tea ceremonies where we got to dress up in kimonos like they let us American people dress up in kimonos do the tea ceremony but you're not gonna just walk down the street wearing a kimono you're gonna learn about their culture you're gonna embrace them and then wear you know the outfits and things of that nature and celebrate with them but also being at a predominantly white institution so going from being a military child and seeing all these different cultures to being at Harding I'm able to see just even the verbiage that they use. Like, it's almost trendy to say, bet. And I even heard, like, some white girls referring to each other as queen. And it just, it it kind of rubbed me the wrong way because I was just like, you know where you saw that. Mm -hmm. And it did not consist of people with your skin. So, you know what I mean? Like, even back in, like, from our times in Africa, just being, having our ethnicity being so entrenched within the culture um, and having us being referred to as queens and kings and us just having our riches in Africa. Like, it's a cultural thing. It means so much more than just your words on social media. So I get really passionate about it because I'm just like, I see it and there's really nothing I can do about it because there's thousands of students on Harding's campus and
0: just very few of us. And so, like, how do you call that out? Like, That's a problem I have yeah. with anytime I date a white man. And again, I'm like, I just look white unless you know that I'm Latina or mm-hmm. hear my last name, like... And so, as soon as white men find out that I am Latina, they immediately want to call me "mamacita." Uh huh. And I'm like, that's not. That's that's that's, that's not okay. Yeah. They're like, well, you say "papi," and I'm like, yeah, that's my language. That's how I was. I call like I call all females "mommy" or "papi," yeah. and that's just terms of endearments that. I was raised with that's how my family speaks. You do not get to mm-hmm. take that on. Right. I am not yours, and what is mine is not yours. Definitely. Just mine is not yours. And I think that
1: goes into like the difference between inviting yourself into someone else's mm-hmm. culture yeah. or like vacationing in someone else's yes. culture. Yeah. and and being invited like there's a difference in you know if I'm having an event or something like that, or like you said, the tea ceremony Mm -hmm. and I'm inviting you in like, because they're not just going to tell you, okay, dress up and then sit here and drink your tea. Like they're going to teach you Mm -hmm. the significance. Like here's how we conduct this. This is why this is important. And here's the role that you play in that. There's a difference between that and just saying, well, it's trendy to wear kimonos. I'm just going to go out and wear one. And you don't know the context in which those are worn or which kind are worn and what they're called. Like, There's a difference between inviting yourself and being invited. And I think a lot of different educational embrace to that. Definitely. And I think people enjoy like vacationing and other people's experiences. But then when it's convenient, it's like, all right, my trip is over. Like, you know, (laughs) you can take it off and reassume whatever identity that you want. And I think white people in particular have that privilege more than anyone else. Like, right, I can dress up in whatever I want. It's not going to make me anything other than black. And that's what society is going to
0: tell me. Right. I am white and I am Latina, but Latina is not a race. I am white and ethnic, but I'm also, I'm only half. Like my my dad is just white and my mother comes from Mexican immigrants. And so I often struggle with how much of my Latinidad I can claim. Like I, I'm not fluent in Spanish. I'm pale. I... Like I don't have curly hair. Like I have cousins that have like the typical, you know, Mexican thick curly hair. Like I my my white side is very predominant. Mm-hmm. And so I I have so many I'm a very confident person. Anyone who knows me knows I'm a very confident person. But I my insecurities largely stem from not knowing where I stand in my own mm-hmm. culture. It makes me think, so I don't know if
1: either of you guys have done this, but, like, the 23 and Me or, like, yeah, I did the ancestry. ancestry. So they had a commercial a few years ago, and it was, like, Kyle always grew up as German, and then he found out that he has no German in his family. He's actually, like, Irish and Scottish, so I'm going to trade in my leader hosen for a kilt. Like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, this is gross. <laughs> it's my immediate reaction because, yeah. I mean... I'm biracial as well and like I grew up knowing that I was German Irish and Welsh yeah. but and so I did the 23 and Me, and I figured that part out and I was like okay cool like that's fairly accurate which the accuracy of those tests are debatable in yeah anyway mm-hmm. But that's a whole nother topic. But like, I'm not just going to go and be like, oh, I'm German, Irish, and Welsh. Let me go and like, assume all of these. Yes, because I did not grow up with those things. That's not the culture that I was embraced by. Because even though I was born by an interracial couple, like I was adopted into an all black family. I mean, there's multicultural, you know, components in there. But that's not the culture I was raised in. Like, I can't just go and start assuming those things, even if that is like biologically, or genetically, like where my origins are Mm -hmm. from. So I think, you know, I can definitely understand to an extent, like, feeling like where do I fall in between these two very different cultures. But I think it's a, I mean, part of it is society will assign you what they believe you to be. So, I mean, I have like a god brother who is also biracial and his mom, his white mom told him growing up like, oh, you can just choose which one you wanna be. Like you can choose to be black or white. And I'm like, he's black. (laughs) (laughs) Then, yeah. like <laughs> As nice as that would be to you, yeah. like he's very clearly black and that's how the world is going to yeah. see him. Mm-hmm. And I find it to be very toxic to even try to approach it that way. And mm-hmm. I mean, and that's a whole nother thing. Like, especially if you have like a white mom raising like a, a black daughter, like mm-hmm. how do you navigate that? How do you mm-hmm. prepare them for you know, all of the things mm-hmm. that they're going to base. Mm-hmm. And likewise, you know, with any other like um, interracial couple having a mixed race child, like how do you prepare them for the yeah. way that they
0: properly to, have to talk with them when you have not experience?
1: Exactly. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And I think there are, there's the potential for a lot of gaps to not be filled and yes. that could be detrimental. Yes. Way, you know,
2: Yeah.
1: anywhere down the
0: line. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. Like I, I was saying earlier, I went to this um, AWP, this big writers conference mm-hmm. up in Philadelphia, and I went to a panel that was called Bicultural and Bilingual Writing, mm-hmm. and it was like very, very helpful for me yeah. because the it was the panel was five Hispanic authors, mm-hmm. and like I got to go up and talk to them afterwards, and I was like, I I have these insecurities about agency about whether or not i have the right to write this story because i'm Mm -hmm. i'm not fully latina Mm -hmm. and i and i don't speak spanish and i don't have every aspect of latina in me and it was just very empowering for these published (laughs) female authors to be like Mm -hmm. you are latina enough that is your latina latinidad and you are allowed to embrace that and i went back and i told conjuring about it and i was like that was it was so exciting and empowering and he's like well i've been telling you that for years i was like you're middle-aged white man
1: (laughs) (laughs) it is different i think it's also just about acknowledging where you fit in that space so like I, as a black woman, experience a lot of things that other black women experience. But being a a black woman of lighter complexion, I'm not going Mm -hmm. to go through the same things that women, my counterparts, that may be of a darker complexion go through. So while I can relate, like, on certain things, like, I have to acknowledge my privilege in the fact that there are some things that I will never, like, I mean, I will never be the darkest person in the room. Right. Like, you know, and... I can't walk in those shoes. So I have to acknowledge where my similarities with my community begin and where they end and where somebody else's story begins and ends. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of nuances that go into that. And so I think it's just acknowledging where you fit and where you find comfort fitting in and then allowing people outside of that to take ownership of their
2: own space, their own experience. Thank you for tuning into this episode. Be sure to follow Millennial Verses on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok.
0: And don't forget to stream every episode on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast.